بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد الحمد لله we continue with the lesson of من أدب الإسلام the etiquettes and the mannerisms taught by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in our last lesson on page uh, we ended on page 45 we discussed the importance of ensuring that we serve our elders first uh, in a gathering and giving preference to those people who are senior in our, in our gathering. And we commence and continue on page 46 uh, with what was the transmission of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, let your wise and intelligent ones stand close to me in salah. Rasulullah sallallahu said, That those people should stand close to me in salah who are intelligent and wise. Obviously because they understand the masail of salah. So in the event if the imam needs some assistance or support, he perhaps makes a mistake or his salah breaks and somebody needs to replace, take the place of the imam, then it will be a person who knows how to continue with the salah. If the person is not equipped and the imam indicates to him that he has to go forward, he mustn't get a shock himself that he wouldn't know what to do uh, to complete the salah for the congregation. So Rasulullah wasallam said, let your wise and intelligent ones stand close to me in salah, then those who are lower than them in rank, then those who are lower than them in rank, and so on. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the stress. Sayyidina Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu an said, after the battle of Uhud, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam buried two martyrs, people who became shaheed, at a time in a single grave. So two people were buried in one grave. This, this is permissible at the time of need when there's a lot of people passing away and there's a shortage of graves, then it is permissible to, to bury two people in a grave. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would also then ask, which of the two memorized more of the Qur'an? So this was how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa identified or showed people the, the, the categories of people, those who are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as holding a higher position, is the one who has memorized more of the Qur'an. Upon being informed as to who it was, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would lay him down first, which means that the adab and etiquette that we are talking about, that giving preference and showing respect to somebody who is senior in a gathering, this is not only when you're alive. This, the teaching of Rasulullah is that we show adab and respect even when we're burying the people, the Muslims that we, that we love, and we are placing them in their graves. There is etiquette in this. And unfortunately nowadays we have people who, if you, if you mention something of etiquette, they say, no, no, uh, now, where you find that, where's the hadith? But etiquette and, and adab and, and good manners is something which is part of the, of the being of a Muslim. A child doesn't have to be explained logically why he must love and respect his mother and father. It's something within a child that they love and they respect their, their, their senior family members. And if you look in the lives of the Sahaba, عنهم, when... Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam left this world. He was buried in the house in which he passed away. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, The Anbiya alayhi sallam, wherever they pass away, this is where they are buried. So he passed away in his house, the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, 
and he was buried there. After Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq passed away, he was the Khalifa, and he was buried in the daughter of his, in the house of his daughter Aisha radiallahu anha, next to um, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when burying Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anha, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum did not place him in line with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if this, if Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's grave was in this way facing Qibla, uh, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anha was placed lower in line with the shoulder of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This was adab and etiquette that the Sahaba, and where did they learn this from? I mean, why, why did the Sahaba do this? They learned this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when there's somebody senior, somebody elderly, there's somebody higher in, in rank, obviously there's nobody equal to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Therefore, Abu Bakr needs to go a little lower. And they didn't just stop there. When Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an uh, was about to pass away, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu was, we know that he was, uh, he was attacked while he was in salah, he was stabbed and brutally um, injured. And before he passed away, he sent his son Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhuma to Aisha radiallahu anha to ask if, it's, if she gives permission for him to be buried next to his two beloved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And she said that I, I wished to be buried there myself because it is my house and I thought I'll be buried there. But I will give preference to Amirul Mu'mineen over myself. So when Abdullah bin Umar came back to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab and said that Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha has given permission for you to be buried uh, next to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he said, لم يكن شيء في قلبي أهم من ذلك. There was nothing more important to me than this in my life. Although he was the one that Rasulullah gave the glad tidings of Jannah, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said if there had to be a prophet after me, it would have been Umar ibn al-Khattab. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the mission of Rasulullah was carried out by Sayyidina Umar to such an extent that Islam reached Egypt, North Africa, Syria, and Europe in the Khilafah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu. But he didn't mention any of that. To him, the important thing was to be close to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is the quality of a true mu'min that it is our desire that we wish to be close to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because on the day of Qiyamah, that is going to be the strongest link to save a person from the fire of Jahannam. Because in the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, it is mentioned that people will go to all the Anbiya alayhim salam and ask for their help. And all of them will say that I am unable to do so besides Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu was buried, but also in line with the shoulder of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So this adab and etiquette, the Sahaba maintained not only in their lifetime, but even when it was time to bury somebody, they learned from Rasulullah sallallahu that the one who has uh, possessed the most of the portions of the Qur'an, memorized more of the Qur'an, that person, it's, it's, a, it's an unusual circumstance where we need to bury two people, but we, give, we make adab and we show respect that the one who is a bit more senior, we let him go first into, into his qabr. This has been narrated by Imam al-Bukhari and Sahih al-Bukhari. Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhum has stated that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, I dreamt I was brushing my teeth with a miswak when two men approached me. So we know the dreams of a Nabi is also part of revelation and wahi because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa his heart is always alert. He said, Tanamu aini wa la yanamu qalbi. This is why Rasulullah when, when sleeping, he didn't, his wudu wouldn't break because he was always conscious. It was never like we sleep and we completely lose 
track of the dunya, Nabi Sallallahu heart was always, was always awake because it needs to receive wahi. So he says in a dream, he saw that he was brushing his teeth with miswak and two men approached me. I handed the miswak to the younger, but I was then instructed to hand it to the elder, the older of the two. Accordingly, I handed it to the, the older of the two men that were present in the dream. So even in the dream, this is an indication to us that when we are in the company of, of someone and we need to present something to someone, then we start with the elder person and show respect to the elder. This is how much importance our deen has given. And this is something which has left uh, the, the community now. Everybody, you know, the way they speak to elders, the way they address them. Before it was unheard of, you know, that a child will speak to a man without saying uncle or use a respectable title. Now you want to call uh, the, the man or the lady by her name. Uh, this is something which is lacking in us. Continuing on the end of page 46, Sayyidina Abu Musa Ash'ari radiallahu anh stated that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, part of paying homage to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in other words, showing respect and, and ta'zeem of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to respect an elderly Muslim. When there is a person who is older than yourself in Islam, then we need to tell ourselves that this person spent more years in their life as a Muslim and obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, did more good deeds to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That person whose hair has turned gray, that person whose hair has turned gray, that means in, in the state of being obedient to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them old age. So showing respect to them means that you are obedient to Allah, you are making ta'zeem of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second is a hafiz of the Qur'an. A hafiz of the Qur'an is the one who has um, imbibed the Qur'an or he has committed it to memory. But the description here in this hadith is who is neither too strict nor too lax with regard to it. In other words, he doesn't go overboard. He recites the Qur'an regularly and his amal, his practice is in accordance with the, the teachings of the Qur'an and his akhlaq and character is also in conformance with the teaching of the Qur'an. Because one is to memorize the Qur'an, but with memorizing the Qur'an, what goes with that is the character which is required to be displayed by a hafiz of the Qur'an. The hafiz of the Qur'an, Rasulullah sallallahu said, It is inappropriate for a person who, is a mem- who has memorized the Qur'an that they act foolish with those people who act foolish. If somebody irritates them or annoys them, they become also irritated and respond in like and kind. And it's not appropriate. While he possesses in his heart the Qur'an and he is acting foolishly with people. So a hafiz of the Qur'an, he would not go to a place or do such a thing which normally a respectable person would not do. So that type of hafiz who has understood his rank and his status, it is a sign of respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we respect that type of hafiz as well. And a just ruler. This hadith has been mentioned in Abu Dawood. Uh, Sayyiduna Maymun. Ibn Abi Shabib radiallahu anh, recounted that a bigger stop by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's wife, Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, she gave him a piece of dry bread. At another time, a properly dressed, well-groomed man passed her. She let, let him sit and offered him a meal. When asked about that, she replied that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, treat people according to their status. So sometimes when we have uh, some people uh, coming into contact with us and one is a senior person, he might be a chief in his, in his tribe, in his family, he might be a very senior person, and we have the, the normal people of that community. Then Sharia does instruct us to ensure that the way the people of that community respects that leader, this is how we need to also show that 
that type of respect and give that, uh, that ta'zim. This is the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when we do that, this is what wins the hearts of, of mankind and brings them closer to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today we want to treat everybody the same. I said, no, I don't worry about anything. They're all the same. This dunya doesn't mean anything to me. That's not piety. But piety means that we know where to show respect. We, need, we learn how to speak. May Allah give us all, myself also, the tawfiq to be able to practice on these teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah concluded uh, this particular chapter by citing a hadith as reported by Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim in which Sayyidina Samurai ibn Jundub radiallahu anhu said, Though I was a young child, at the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I used to listen to what he had to say and I memorized it. And nothing prevents me from narrating my knowledge except the presence of uh, the men elder than myself. So he says that if I'm sitting in a gathering and I remember something that I heard from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but I know that there are senior people present, then I would rather prefer that they speak and I would not want to um, start speaking in the presence of, of elders. The next part... Um, on page 48 is how we should be greeting when we come into a gathering. Who do we greet first? So greeting in order of merit. In this light, <coughs> the sunnah is to start according to the, the following order of merit. Age, this is the tartib and the sequence that we follow when we come into a gathering. And there's many people that we want to greet. Then we, the, the, the sequence is age, knowledge, a person's social status. He might be a senior chief or he's understood to be a leader of the community. Lineage, like a person belonging to the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our normal weak lineage, like how we have, that is not really taken into consideration. Unless in the community people are, are looked up and they're known to be a well-known family, then that also plays part in the sequence of preference that we give when we come into a gathering. Leadership, uh, veterans of jihad, those people who strove for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, generosity and similar virtues. Furthermore, the sunnah of hospitality is to start with the most prominent. Then to move to those on the right in order to reconcile the hadith that instructs starting from the right with the hadith which suggest, suggests starting from people of virtue. There's two types of hadith. One is that type of hadith in which we are encouraged that when there's a person of virtue in the gathering, then you start from that person. But there's also a hadith which tell us that when you come into a gathering, then you start from the right-hand side. So generally the rule of hadith that the scholars teach us is that when it is possible to reconcile between two hadith, then you don't give preference and say, no, this hadith we leave and this hadith we practice on. When it's possible to make tatbiq, in Arabic it's called tatbiq, to reconcile. So what the scholars say is that if it's a gathering in which everybody is of the same, it's all colleagues and all the same type of people, and then, then we start from the right-hand side. But if it's in a gathering in which there is a senior person, we'll go to that person first, and then go to his right hand side. So in that way we practice on both the hadith. We start from the person who is senior and then thereafter move to the right hand side of that person. Um, we'll just skip, I think, on page 49, in the middle of the page. That's basically the, 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 the instruction or the, the adab mentioned on page 48 to try to reconcile between the two. On page 49 we'll continue. Imam Ibn Rushd, rahimahullah, said in his book, as a rule, if the status of those present is equal, one should commence with those on the right uh, as with every desirable act. However, if a scholar, an honorable person, or somebody elderly is present, then the sunnah is to start with such a person and then move to his or her right in a counterclockwise fashion. Okay? So, this way. So, say for example, 
Uh, we start from you. You're the senior in the, in the gathering. Then we move to the right-hand side. Even if I'm sitting here, but we'll move to the right-hand side uh, in order to make amal on the sunnah. We see this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu He was offered milk mixed with water while a Bedouin was sitting on his right-hand side. So on his right-hand side, there was a Bedouin. And seated to his left was Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu <coughs> Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he drank, uh, he drank some milk and then he handed it over to the Bedouin. And he said, from the right, then to the right. Al-Ayman fal-Ayman. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Ayman fal-Ayman. We will move from the right hand side. So here, the most honored in that gathering is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when they brought the milk, it was given to him. And now, from him, now you don't go to the next most senior person. Now you go to the right hand side. So only the, when you're starting in, in the gathering and you, you, you're greeting or you're coming into contact with them, you start from the, the most senior and then you move to the right-hand side. Otherwise, if there's a whole lot of senior people and you're jumping, you know, all over, the, all, all over the place. So you start from the first one, which is the sunnah. Yeah, in this gathering, Rasulullah sallallahu was the most senior. And then thereafter, it moved to the right-hand side of Rasulullah sallallahu even though Abu Bakr as-Siddiq was on the, on the left-hand side. Okay, and uh, this, the same type of thing is continued on page 50. And page 51, there's another important point. Uh, if someone asks for a drink, so somebody asks for something. No, so if you're presenting something to guests, you start from the prominent one and then you move to the right-hand side. However, if someone asks for a drink, this is on page 51 I'm reading, uh, they have a right to be served before anybody else regardless of his age or status. So somebody asks for water. Then you don't come into the gathering and say, okay, let me see who's the eldest first and start from him and then go to the right-hand side. This person asked for water. They didn't ask for water. It should then be served uh, to those on his right. So the person who asked for water, uh, he will be served first, given what he has requested for, and then it will go to his right. So if this person notices some elder or a person of higher status showing a desire to drink, he may willingly give up his right in favor of that person. So when the person asks for something and now he sees somebody else also wants, then he's got the right to offer it to somebody out of ikram and respect, but otherwise it is his right to be served. When preferring others to oneself, one has practiced the Islamic manner of unselfishness, in other words, being generous and, and considerate, and one will achieve great virtue, honor, and earn great rewards. The next part is a very, very important part. And on page 52, it is respect of parents. May Allah give us tawfiq to practice on this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an has instructed that we worship him. وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that you worship none other than him and he has instructed that you make ihsan with parents. The word ihsan means that you go past that which is your duty. If you do what is your duty towards your parents, that is adal. That is justice, that's being just and obedient. But ihsan means to go past that. And Allah has instructed us with ihsan. So to do that which is more than which is the wajib, our responsibility, we have to go beyond that. So this is also from the etiquettes of the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that we learn and we practice and we, we, we make up when we see that we faulted and we have not shown respect to our parents and we try to make up for it while they are alive, try to make them happy. And this is the easiest way to become a friend of Allah. May Allah make us his friends. The easiest way to become a friend of Allah is to take the dua of parents. Those of us who have parents, may Allah give us tawfiq to serve them and take the dua. And those who don't have parents, there is, you can still um, 
make up for lost time by, by looking after the people that your parents were fond of also and making dua for your parents. Then on the day of Qiyamah, that, that person um, will be uh, resurrected as an obedient child because they showed respect to the, the, the friends of the parents and they also made dua for their parents. There was a person who was unable to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So he didn't acquire the, the, the status of, of a sahabi. He was not a companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He was from Yemen. Yet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa heard about him. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was told that this person wanted to come meet you. But due to him being dutiful to his mother and serving his mother, and he wasn't serving his mother so that people can say, oh, you know, he looked after his mother. You know, he's, he served his mother as ibadah for Allah. He served his mother and, and made ikram of his mother because he wanted to be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes we do something just so that people don't say, hey, you know what, you know, see this chap, he's not looking after his, so we'll say, we'll just look after them. No, not like that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa told Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu and Sayyidina Ali that when you meet this person, ask him to make istighfar for you because Allah will forgive your sins through his dua. Although they are higher in rank. They're the Mubashirin Bil Jannah, Sayyidina Umar and Sayyidina Ali. And this person is not a Sahabi. But the lessons we learn from Rasulullah is to go to a pious person, a person who's got good qualities, and ask him for dua is also Sunnah. And it is possible that a person whose rank is lower can be requested to make dua for a person who has a higher rank. Sayyidina Umar was going for Umrah once. Rasulullah said to him, to Sayyidina Umar, La tansana min duaika ya ukhayya. Do not forget us in your dua, my young brother. So to ask somebody for dua is also a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In any case, uh, after many years in the khilafah of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, every year, hajj time, he used to ask, um, is there a person by the name of Uwais al-Qarni? His name was Uwais al-Qarni. And they would say, no, there isn't such a person. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave a sign. He said that this person, his sign will be that he was afflicted with with a sickness, with a, with a skin disease, vitiligo, what they call white liver, where the, the skin loses its pigmentation and color, and you have white spots forming on the, on the body. And he was afflicted with that, and Allah gave him shifa and cured him, except for one portion on his back, which is equal to a, a dirham, a silver coin. So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, every year, Hajjim, they would look, and one year, they said, you know, there is one person from Qarn, from that particular clan, but he's not here, he's a shepherd. He is taking, he's taking the, 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 the sheep that have to be slaughtered in Hajj and the camels and he's grazing them outside towards Arafat. So Sayyidina Umar told Sayyidina Ali, let's go look for him. They went and they found him. He was busy making salah. And when he finished salah, they asked him, Uwais al-Qarni? He said yes. And then he's, he, he had that mark on his, uh, on his body and they asked him to make dua for them. And uh, the ulama say, this is a lesson for us that if a person wants to become a wali of Allah, a friend of Allah, a person whose du'as are mustajab and accepted, then the easy way is to make ikram of their, of their parents and take the du'as of their parents. You know, we can ask our parents, please make du'a for me, uh, like we ask. But it just sometimes it's just on our tongues, we say, please make du'a for me. But if we do something to them sincerely for the pleasure of Allah, may Allah give us all tawfiq. If we do it sincerely for the pleasure of Allah, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the dua comes from the heart of the parent. And a dua coming from the heart is different from the dua coming from the, from the tongue. A person makes dua with the tongue is one thing, and a person makes dua from the heart is something else.
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to be obedient and kind and compassionate to our parents. And if we do that, then Allah will bless us with children who, who, who do the same. You know, so, and obviously the obedience to parents is on condition that it's, it's not in the disobedience of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu stated, There is no obedience to the creation at the expense of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first part, we will just read that and then conclude. Observe complete respect and reverence to your father and mother, uh, for they are the, the most worthy of your consideration. A man came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and asked, Man ahaqqu al-nasi bi husni al-suhbati minni, ya Rasulullah? Man ahaqqu al-nasi bi husni al-suhbati minni? The meaning of it, which is, Who is the most worthy of my cordial conduct, my good akhlaq and my good character? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ummak. Ummak, Ummak, your mother, your mother, your mother. Then he said, then your father. Then the closest to you and then the closest to you. In other words, those who are family members, your children, those have to be displayed the best akhlaq. Unfortunately, we have sometimes people outside displaying good akhlaq, you know, outside is alaikum and smiling. And, and then with their families, then they're like tigers and lions in their homes. Uh, you know, they, they can't smile with their family, they can't joke with their children, they can't play with their children. May Allah protect us from that. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was one that showed uh, compassion and respect to the seniors and he showed love to, to the youth as well. Sayyidina Hisham bin Urwa, what's the time on? So we've got two, two Hisham bin Urwa, uh, rahimahullah, recounted that his father related to him, that Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu saw a man walking ahead of another. So Urwa is Urwa bin Zubair. And Hisham is one of the fuqaha of Medina also, one of the ulama of Medina. He's the son of Sayyidina Urwa bin Zubair. So he said, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, the great muhaddith of the Sahaba, saw a man walking ahead of another, and he asked him, is this man related to you? You're walking together? How is this man related to you? So the man said, he's my father, answered the man. Sayyidina Abu Huraira said, Do not walk ahead of him. Do not sit until he sits and do not call him by his name. So the other person didn't say, Hey, where's the hadith? Tell me the hadith. Abu Huraira is talking. He didn't say that Rasulullah said, but he is telling them what they learned in the company of Rasulullah. That when you're with your father, then you let your father walk in front. Father walks in front. And whether it be father or grandfather or uncle, the same, the same rule applies. And do not call him by his name. It is a sign of disrespect to, for a person, and it's a sign of, of poor etiquette that a person addresses his father or mother by the name. Uh, even in any, any culture, you know, it was, it was never known that a child will, will call the father by his name. That's why if you, if you ask a child, what's your... Your father's name, they'll say Abi or Abba, whatever the name is, that, that, that is how they have to be brought up. You know, the, the name of the child, they will learn afterwards to identify themselves, but not to address their father or their mother with, with their personal names. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq to respect our parents and those of us who uh, have not fulfilled the rights of our parents, let us make dua for them, make istighfar for them, be kind to their friends and companions. And make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resurrects us with those who are obedient to their parents. One of the things which brings adab in this dunya before akhirah is disrespect to parents. If a person hurts the feelings of their parents, then never mind the akhirah adab, 
the adab comes in the dunya already in various forms of difficulty and tension and problems. The person won't know what's happening. In the meantime, it's the mother that's crying perhaps or the father that is weeping, the father's heart is sore. He's not saying anything with his tongue, but the malaika are aware of his condition and this is what will affect the lives of the children. May Allah protect us all and give us the ability to practice.